Well, obviously, I am not thrilled about the events of today, but then again, I'm not surprised either. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Now, for those of you that told me to be patient and, and not to worry that something was going to happen at the last minute, well, it didn't. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. Office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability. Will, to the best of my ability. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help you God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. Thank President. You. This is one of these times where, where I wish I hadn't been right. I kept thinking over the summer that something was going to happen. Everybody kept telling me Donald Trump is going to win. All these prophets of God were coming out of the woodwork saying, the Lord spoke to me last night and said, Donald Trump is going to win. Yet deep in my heart, I felt I didn't trust it. I didn't feel comfortable about it. And my reasoning has nothing to do with, you know, prophecy, has nothing to do with God telling me. It was just common sense. Common sense. Four years. Four years. The swamp creatures that inhabit Washington, D.C. have been angry and on a vengeance trip. They would do anything in their power to destroy Donald Trump. Now, something, and I need to stop right here and make something very clear. One of the biggest problems among Christians in this country is they put their hope, their faith, and their trust in Donald Trump, and the Bible says put no no trust in a prince or, or in the sons of men. Put it in God. And while all these wonderful Christian friends of mine were running around looking at Trump as the savior of the church, Hey, he was an effective president on so many levels. That I agree on. I supported him. I voted for him. And I would do it again. Because, see, I wasn't voting for the uh, new chief pastor of a church. I wasn't voting for a church leader. I was voting for a secular leader to take care of the secular parts of the government of the United States. Donald Trump was able to rally many Christians around him, but many Christians then took took their eyes off Jesus long enough thinking that he was the Savior. Now, I want to share some thoughts, and these go back to some of the programs since we began this series called Truth to Ponder back at the end of August. Now, for going hard to believe, next month we... We will enter our seventh year. Where did the time go? We will complete six years of doing your weekend show, which became Truth to Ponder five days a week instead of just the weekend program. I felt very strongly as we began the summer to begin this program, not so much to to deal with the election or the aftermath or where we are today, 
But my heart said, from this day forward, it's going to be more important than ever. And I'm going to explain why I believe that. The church, too much of the church, took their eyes off the prize. And they were so busy worrying about politics, they, they, they lost sight of, their, of the prime objective of our mission. Politics is an extension of our, our faith system. You can't get 100% of what you want. So those that say, well, this person is not perfect, I'm not going to vote, you're a fool. If you voted for Joe Biden, may I dare say you were a fool. You just got duped. You just got taken advantage of, and you're about to be very surprised in the months ahead. I'm going to give you some predictions. These are not prophecies. I'm not giving you some wisdom and word of God. I'm giving you nothing but understanding how Washington works, how politics is an illusion, a smoke and mirror game to to keep you content. When I started this program, the beginning of this year is the weekend show, and and during my time back in emergency management, I shared with you a series called The Politics of a Pandemic. And I warned everybody listening at the time to be very careful. I was just frightened that this this pandemic, as serious as it is, would be overblown, overused, and fear and hype would be placed upon everybody in this country. This past weekend, I flew to to the state of Texas doing some ministry work, not radio work, except I was on a radio program. You'll hear more about that toward the end of this week. Had the opportunity to share on a radio program. And I'm realizing we, we do all these silly things in the airport. And let me explain what I mean by silly things, okay? You get to the airport, you're wearing your face covering the whole time you are there. As they put you on the aircraft, they are telling you to re, you know, to maintain your social distancing getting on to the aircraft. Going down, you know, what's called the gateway across the gate bridge onto the little aircraft and then you are shoulder to shoulder with some stranger you don't know for the next two hours i think between the time it took to get off the ground land and get to the gate the first flight was right at three hours three hours then you get off the aircraft and you then sit down next to some other strangers you're trying to keep social distance from but rather impossible then they keep you separated again to get on the next aircraft for the next oh i don't know 55 minutes to an hour coming out of dallas fort worth you spend 40 minutes on the ground and about 29 minutes in the air trying to get to where you're going to and we wear our face coverings our little in my case i use a face gator because you know the other things i can't breathe through them I just can't. And I get a little lightheaded if I try to wear the paper ones because they get moist and it's it's not healthy. So I, I use the face gator. And in terms of stopping a coronavirus, it's you know, it's kinda like throwing dirt through a fence. It doesn't do anything, let's be honest. 
But we're doing all these things and we're flying and somehow flying is now deemed safe if you've got a face covering on. Now, there's, there's a reason I'm telling you all this. I'm about to get to the point of what to expect over the next, oh, I don't know, three to six months. This pandemic has been deadly to many people. I was looking at one state in particular, and we hear about all these people that die, 70% of which in many places are in a nursing home, elderly and frail individuals. I do know of those rare cases. We had one within our family, somebody in their 40s out west. A long delay in seeking treatment could have cost that individual his life. See, with something like any disease, and I know people that have had the flu that they let it go too long, and the next thing they know, they have pneumonia or other issues developing because they're not taking care of it early enough. I've seen others that with similar symptoms and problems got treatment early, and I don't want to, I don't want to sound flippant about this, but they sailed right through. I know whole families where it went through in days, not months, not weeks, days. I also know that the number of people that are suffering from the flu this year is remarkably lower than any other year. We also forget how deadly the flu season of 2017 was. And we never did any of the things that we're doing now, did we? I mean, did we do anything like we're doing now for this for this virus? Every step of the way, we had Dr. Fauci coming up and pontificating what we need to do next. And every time he said something, he ended up being wrong. When you really look back, there's been a constantly changing set of goalposts. We now have the magic number of about 400,000 supposedly have died of the coronavirus in the United States. And I, I know people have died with, but how many actually died strictly of, like the flu? How many people had the flu that are considered corona? Heard of a case last night. A lady in her 90s is classified as dying of the coronavirus. Her daughter vehemently objects, says my mother had the virus and she actually got through it after several weeks. She has been symptom-free for quite a long time and doing well for somebody well into their 90s. She tripped and fell backwards. And that's how she actually died. And they tried because she had been positive not long ago for the coronavirus. She's now one of those deaths that they have counted. There are countless numbers of strange circumstances that don't add up, but they were attributed to being the coronavirus. When in actuality, that's not the cause of death at all. Not even not even a contributing factor in many cases. So the numbers have always been a problem for me because there was this desire 
at the levels of government where the swamp lives. And let me explain what I mean by that, where the swamp lives. I told somebody not long ago that about uh, 30 years ago, a little over 30 years ago, actually not even quite 30 years ago, maybe 27 years ago, I had to I had to go to Washington, D.C. for a comparative hearing for an FCC application for a new non-commercial radio station. There were two of us applying, two entities applying for the same frequency, and so we were what they call mutually exclusive. And I went to D.C. because we were going to have a comparative hearing. That does We won the hearing, by the way. But I, I realized something in the days that I spent up there working with one of those K Street and M Street type law firms, how easy it is to become a part of the swamp. It is very tempting because the money is good, the security is good, and you look for the party that's going to give you as a worker of the government your best deal. I mean, you really, that's what you do. You're looking for your best deal. Democrats tend to do that. So when somebody comes in and talks about making government smaller or more efficient, well, people that make their living on being inefficient and and being a part of a bloated government, they don't want to hear about it. Let's, Let's be honest about this. And they'll do everything in their power to undo what you're trying to do. That's why so many Republicans today have learned just to get along and we pretend we're, we're, we're the poor little minority party. But as long as we're on the cocktail party list, hey, we get along. We saw that in spades this week, as they say, when you see how fast those that claim to be conservatives like Donald Trump abandon him at the end and run off to the Biden inauguration hoping to be blessed back into the swamp fold. And I felt it coming. I felt it coming in the late summer when I started this program. I can remember one of the first programs I shared with you if, and I'm saying this to the church, if Donald Trump wins re-election All we've done is borrow a little time of extreme freedom within what we do in our church. If he loses, then prepare for things changing in the world of the church. You saw during the the lockdowns, churches and houses of worship, conservative Jewish houses of worship in particular in New York, were targeted. They were told they can't meet. You guys are super spreaders. You kill people. Yet you saw during the summer a Black Lives Matter protest where they're burning buildings down, shouting in people's faces, setting off fireworks. That's safe and good and quality living. And this is the stuff we need to be endorsing. And social distancing, who cares? You could see the double standard all summer. And then we watch the campaign come toward its final days through the end of September into October and up to the 3rd, 3rd of November. 
And even before the election, I had this sinking feeling. And this is just this is just my personal feeling. So just bear with me here. That the fix was in. I really believe that everybody in 2016 was convinced in Washington, D.C. I mean, the media kept saying it. Everybody kept saying it. All the beautiful people in Hollywood kept saying Hillary Clinton will be our first female president and she will break the glass ceiling. Don't you remember that? There's a 99.99% chance she will win with a landslide victory in the Electoral College. She might even take Florida. Oh, she's definitely got Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, and Michigan in the bag. No doubt about it. Maybe even North Carolina. Might even get Texas. I mean, it went on and on and on. I remember it well. And that night, well, we figured out Florida went for Trump. And that was the only state she really was campaigning in toward the end. She didn't spend any time in in Wisconsin, uh, in Michigan, in in Pennsylvania or Ohio. She never went up there. Remember, let's, you know, just go back in time with me here. And then even though the margins were not big, one by one they fell, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, and it was over. And I believe that Everybody in New York City waiting for her to come down to the big ballroom to give her acceptance speech to those that were crowded in there, and they're going to wait for this massive fireworks display. Hillary never showed up because she was convinced or had been told there's no way she could lose. I mean, look at all that they did. We now know it was a real fake Russian scandal that was made up. We now know from the documents released last night, the whole thing was a hoax. And for Nancy Pelosi to even make remarks, I wonder if he called Putin up, shows how intellectually, spiritually, morally bankrupt that woman is, and she has no business being in the United States Congress, let alone its leader. America, I believe, has gotten the leadership now. It is earned. And let me explain why. Since 1973, abortion has been legal in this land. And conservatives, since I can remember, especially starting in 1980, said, we've got to do something about this. All these phony and fake conservatives promising this, that, and the other will fix it, they lied. They never had intentions of really fixing anything. Maybe Ronald Reagan did. But after that, no. Do you think George H.W. Walker Bush went out to any pro-life rally? Never. W? Nope. Do you think that McCain would have had he won? Nope. Romney? Nope. He wouldn't have done it. He's comfortable. He loves living in the swamp. They all do. They liked being the poor minority party, and they didn't know what to do with a disruptor like Trump. This was not in their plans for four years. The media, the viciousness, the hate, the vileness, the Hollywood stars saying things like, I wish, I I envision blowing up the White House kind of nonsense. Now, if a conservative said that, they want to put him in jail. 
It's called insurrection when it goes the other way. And yes, there were some stupid people on the 6th of January that followed the leadership, I think, of the left that planned to destroy and disrail any possibility of investigating an election forever and ever. And yes, I think that Bill Barr is a little bit of part of the swamp too. He worked in government, went back to private service, made millions of dollars working, you know, as a lawyer in the energy sector. No, not Dominion Voting, Dominion Energy. And I think he didn't want to lose his friendships and ability to make more after leaving. So he got out before the end, before he gets tainted and painted and destroyed by that ever-widening brush. While Donald Trump may have his own personal failings, he's probably the first president that actually ever did anything of any tangible substance on the life issue. I mean, really, he did. And now he is the former president of the United States. And that is where we are today, here on the 20th of January, as we begin a new chapter in this nation. So here are just a couple of quick predictions. What could President Biden accomplish in the first 100 to 120 days or so to gain the acceptance of of the voters, even many that didn't vote for him. Well, he can fix the coronavirus. That's right. He can fix it. He can have his little funny, phony mass mandate for how many days? I think he said 100 days. And he'll fix how the vaccine is being rolled out. Basically, all that Biden has ever said is what is already being done or has been proposed. There's nothing new under the sun with that man except the media is on his side now. The swamp is on his side now. Democrat governors suddenly are talking about opening up their economies. As I call him, St. Andrew Cuomo, the pious of New York, said we need to begin opening up as soon as possible before there's nothing left to open up. Yeah, they were willing to destroy the economy, put people out of business, have them lose their homes, everything, Suicides didn't matter to get rid of Trump. That's how bad they wanted to get rid of him. They would destroy you and your business. Now they're realizing those with money have picked up and they're leaving. They're going to Texas, Tennessee, Florida, among other places. They're getting out. They're not coming back. If I was a younger man with some money to invest, I'd be buying a few moving vehicles, moving trucks, and, and being up there in New York and moving people wherever they want to go to get out. New York did it to itself. So I, I predict this is not a prophecy from God. This is just logic having followed the way government works and how the, the I mean, today, Today's entire festivities are nothing but bread and circuses for the masses. All of the Hollywood greats are coming out there for their wonderful time to, to say how great it is to be rid of Trump. And we've got, we've got Joe in the house now. This is going to be marvelous. And the world is going to be great, green, and clean. 
And those of you that are dissenters, just like Donald Trump was, are going to be slowly quieted on social media. Your pro-life views are going to be considered hateful. The world is about to turn on you in ways you never imagined that the world could turn. The churches that have adopted a fake and phony gospel are going to be just doing a marvelous business. After all, Joe Biden's about to cure the coronavirus so we can gather again. Mark my words, by the summertime, Corona will be the beginning of a fading memory. And it'll be associated with Donald Trump as the guy that killed 400 to 500,000 people. And you don't dare call it a China virus or a Wuhan virus or the Wuhan flu or anything else because, oh, no, 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 China is our friend again. They're not our competition. No, man, they're not our competition. And you'll be so happy that nobody's dying of the coronavirus, you won't care too much that your gasoline is inching up in price as we put our dependency out there again on the global oil market. You won't care about the gradual loss of some of your freedoms because of the cost of the new Green Deal. Because the coronavirus is fixed. And many will just believe that and be content in that and forsake and forget everything else. Common sense will be just tossed out the window. Am I getting through to you? I told you, told you in the summertime that the election was the biggest factor with the coronavirus. I didn't anticipate needing to keep it alive because of the challenge of the election. You know, had there been no election challenge, it could have been allowed to subside. But I also believe that they need to give Joe Biden his first accomplishment in government in 47 years, and it'll be the coronavirus. I mean, mark my words. I've been trying to think of all the great things he's done in the 47 years that he was in in federal government work. 47 years. What, is, what has he accomplished? Well, he did a crime bill. And he still won. A crime bill that disproportionately put minorities in prison. So now his greatest claim to fame... Besides covering and making money, I mean, how does a guy in government end up owning as many homes as he does on the income he gets paid? There's something a little fishy about that, but we're not supposed to look at that. Remember, the swamp will take care of their own, and for 40-some-odd years, Joe was faithful to, to keep the swamp in the money, in security. Those that run the intelligence services that lied 
Let's see if the indictments actually come out from the Durham report anytime soon. And if they do, will they get buried? Will they fall apart? Will they be poorly covered? True crimes are about to get buried like a cat in a litter box. And the swamp will take care of their own. Now, what is this going to mean for you and I, the church? I want to get into the second part of the program in a few minutes. We're going to talk about how I want, I want you to understand what I was afraid of that happened. All the stuff that I was getting sent to me via messenger, via email, via social media, all the things that I saw that Trump had a plan and and really even last night somebody sharing me hi I'm actually a soldier embedded with with the troops here in DC and we're really here to take down Biden and company and arrest them all I'm going stop the nonsense who is putting out this silliness I, I really think the left did that to give conservatives false hope and then pull the rug out from underneath them and make them look like fools I warned you about that too don't be deceived You're trying to grasp for every straw of hope. Do I believe there was cheating in the election? You bet I do. There's some things that still don't pass the smell test, and my eye saw something that doesn't happen. I've been in voting. I've been around where they count votes. I've never seen anything like I saw in Georgia. And the way tallies, you know, using... Look, mail-in voting was ripe for fraud. A friend of mine has been spending time traveling throughout middle Georgia, finding all these vacant lots and fields where people registered to vote for the first time. And people now that you can't find anywhere in the state of Georgia. Well, it, it's not limited to Georgia, my friends. There are places like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin and Michigan where things that didn't look normal happened I got a few things to say about that and I want you I mean I'm wondering whatever happened to Lynn Wood where 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 is Sidney Powell what in the world is going on and all you folks that follow Q yeah QAnon whatever Somebody shared that with me like a year and a half ago, and I, I looked at it for about two days, and I go, this is nonsense. This is the most insane silliness I've ever read in my life. Yet so many people put their entire life and fortune and, and everything on what Q was saying today, that they're all going to be arrested by last summer, all before the election. Well, the election will be repaired. It just went on and on and on. Has any of it ever come true? Zero. We wasted, you wasted, I wasted a lot of time on a lot of stuff over the last year. And I started feeling very strongly, especially in the summertime. It's so easy to be deceived and used got to remember those that run the swamp they're professional as the saying goes don't try this at home this is truth to ponder with bob beerman the man and the beggar shalom alechem 
This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. True story. A man got off the train at the Pennsylvania Depot, and for a year he lived as a tramp, a homeless man begging on the streets for a living. One day, he went up to a man, he touched him on the shoulder and said, Mr., please give me a dime. The man turned around, and the beggar recognized him as his father. Father, he said, don't you know me? The father threw his arms around him and cried out, I found you, all I have is yours. The former beggar later gave his testimony at an evangelistic meeting and said, think of it. I, as a tramp, stood begging my father for 10 cents when for 18 years he'd been looking for me to give me all he had. And so it is with you, my friend, and your heavenly father. You see, most people spend most of their lives begging for scraps. We try to get little scraps of love and approval, little scraps of success and scraps of attention and recognition and scraps of joy and purpose. And all the time, your heavenly father is waiting to give you not scraps, but treasures, not scraps of love, not scraps of acceptance, but more love and acceptance and joy than you could ever have dreamed of. God didn't create you to beg. Stop begging this life or other people for scraps. God made you to be his child. Stop living as a beggar. Turn to your father in heaven and bring him all your needs because when you turn to your father, you'll start living as his child. Why beg for scraps of life? Your father is God. Turn to him and he'll give you life abundant. Now here's something. It's not a scrap. It's something great. The free gift for you. From the sands of the Judean wilderness... An amazing, awesome, long-hidden mystery now revealed. The mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. And sapphires guaranteed to bless your socks off. How do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's all you do. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be so blessed, but call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me together bringing salvation to God's chosen people, Israel, and to the unreached peoples of all nations on five continents. Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Just write to the nice Jewish boy at box 1111. That's in Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Alechem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Sar Chaim, the Prince of Life. This is Truth to ponder with Bob Bierman. You know, I wish the events of today had never happened the way that they did. I'm sure many of you that are listening would have rather have seen Donald Trump up there taking the oath again for the second time for another four-year term. But last night as I slept and I'm trying to think about what to say on today's program and this program is getting out as a podcast a little bit later than usual to deal with the events of today. I wanted things to be fresh in my mind. I don't care about what the pundits at MSNBC, CNN, they're just having a wonderful day today. There's smiles on their faces. You don't see the hatred and the anger 
that you've been seeing for the last four years, it's vanished. See, the mainstream media, they believe themselves to be the the Politburo, so to speak. They, they're the ones that tell you how to think, act, and say, and believe, and do. They feel that they are deeply a part of the elite, as well as those in Hollywood that think that because they're such stars that their wisdom is something you cherish every word. This is Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. And I want to thank you for taking the time today to listen. And I'm going to give you in a few minutes where this program, why I think it's more important now than it was a month ago, two months ago, three months ago, four months ago when it started. The real reason for this program is now, as I felt it would be. I decided to get started before the election because I didn't know how it was going to turn out. I could have been wrong. My instinct said the swamp is going to do everything in their power to defeat this man. Now, if you're a new listener to the program, especially if you're listening on KVOH at 9975 kilohertz at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, which is 8 p.m. Pacific on 9975, would you let me know that you listen? I'm going to give you two ways to contact us. Number one is the website, truththenumber2ponder.com. Truth, the number two ponder.com you can send me an email or just remember bob at truth the number two ponder.com bob the number two ponder.com truth the number two ponder.com and also i know and i I received a couple of nice letters of of recent days where people are actually mailing the program uh, with good old regular mail and I want to thank those that have taken the time to, to write me and also to support the airtime cost for this radio program. And I'm going to explain why it's important to continue on shortwave. And the mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. Once again, the address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, Lane. And the number 263 may seem like an oddball thing to have on that line, but we are a tiny little town, kind of spread out, and they have a a master community post office box, and they it makes it so much easier for uh, the, the lady that puts the mail out to have that number 263 so we can get our mail the 21 berkshire they still want that there that's the actual physical address here at the at the house but um, they would like you to do that 21 berkshire lane number 263 sky valley georgia 30537 when i started my original radio program almost six years ago back in 2015 i started putting together the idea about this time six years ago recorded the first one toward the end of february which aired in early march i felt that shortwave had an importance at that time and i still do for many these past four years if you 
you know, were a Trump supporter and you didn't feel the the crush up until earlier this year with the coronavirus, you thought you had it made. If you were involved with the church, you didn't have anybody telling you in this country yet what you are allowed to preach or not say or say or do. And we weren't like Canada yet where up in Canada and some of the provinces you preach on certain things out of the Bible, it's considered hate speech. And you may go before a tribunal. And people warned this past year things like that could happen here in the United States. Oh, no, no, I had somebody, a lady that I knew, um, lady that I knew, I, I can't, I don't, how do I describe her? Bullheaded is the polite way to put it, bullheaded. She just didn't like Donald Trump. And I said, well, tell me one of the policies that he has that has affected your life in a negative way. What are the policies that he had? Well, she couldn't answer. I said, gas prices are lower. Our security is greater in the country. Uh, your taxes are lower. And I went on and on. I mean, it didn't matter. I just don't like the things that he says or tweets or whatever. I don't care about what somebody tweets. Twitter is a waste of time. Twitter's a fool's errand to me now. I know that Donald Trump used it for several years. But over the last two years, as the angst has risen since the 2018 election, the anger in this nation has just gone over the top. I feel it, and the, the thing is, I also understand it. it. I realized over the summer, my fear, I had this fear, and I've, I've shared it a few times on the program, when somebody would say, well, when Donald Trump wins, I'm going to go, if he wins. And they would say, well, that's hard to believe. And, you know, Biden can't get 10 people to show up for an event. And Trump gets, you know, thousands, even with social distancing and the fear of the coronavirus. The polls. The polls always favor the Democrat, and it's really, really close. But deep inside, whether by hook or by crook, the swamp said Trump has to go. They don't want him anymore. They learned from their mistakes in 2016. And in those swing states, this time around, they were prepared. I still instinctively feel there was cheating, voter theft, and fraud. I've tried to discern the things that people like Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell have stated, and I can't make heads or tails. A lot of what Rudy Rudy Giuliani said makes some sense, but it never seems to get the light of day in a court. Now, that's something I want to stop right here. I've had a lot of people that I know that have said, well, you know, the courts have thrown it out, man. They've looked at it, and it's all fraudulent, and it's not real, and it's, it's just junk, and it's garbage. The Supreme Court, when Texas filed, said they had no standing. They never even looked at the evidence. See, one of the problems is the media will say, well, they, well, Trump has lost in the courts. And so the average person that doesn't really pay attention to anything more than a tiny itty-bitty-bitty soundbite thinks that the case was adjudicated and he lost. <laughs> not, not true at all. 
Where was the opening statements? Where were the witnesses? Where was the evidence? Never was shown. They can't even get past standing. Now, they might get standing, I don't know, in a month or two. No, now that now that Joe Biden is the president, what are you going to do now? Repair it after the fact for the next election? Do I believe that there was voter fraud? Absolutely. You can't convince me otherwise, and I've got plenty of reasons. Number one, I've got, with my glasses on, I've got some pretty good vision, and I can see video. I can see what happened in Fulton County. And I don't care what that little muffin Raffensburger in, in Georgia tries to say and weasel out of. I have been in rooms where voting was counted. I know the security. I know how things are done. I've been there. What I saw there is not normal unless you're trying to cheat. There's no other explanation. Where did these unfolded ballots come from? And why was everybody told that we're going to stop voting tonight? Go home. Oh, by the way, we've got a massive water issue. We got a flood turned out to be a running toilet that's it and when everybody was gone when all the republican viewers were gone see i don't think the people that put all the tables up in the machines they never thought about the cameras that are videotaping them i'm sure of it because they're looking around in the second everybody's gone man they run to those tables there's a guy on a phone like he's coordinating with somebody. Yeah, everybody's gone now. Let's pull those ballots out. And for the next hours upon hours, they're counting these unfolded ballots that should be folded from being mailed, but they're not. And the machine, chung, 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 just reading them away. And suddenly the lead that Donald Trump has magically disappears in a matter of hours, like it did in Wayne County up in Michigan like it did in Philadelphia and other places. It just, suddenly all these new ballots appear. And there's some mathematical issues that, that still have not been resolved to my satisfaction. You know, figures don't lie, but you can lie with figures. Saw a lot of that. And people like Raffsenberger can't explain how they cut deals with Stacey Abrams to allow mail-in voting and other restrictions and ID things being minimized. Who gave Raffsenberger the right to change election law? Nobody. Nobody. And why the governor says, well, I have no power to ask for this. Why was evidence destroyed? Why was there such a fight not to see the signatures on ballots. I mean, there was a real fight to the death almost. You you can't look at these ballots and see the signatures? No, you can't. And I don't have the authority to let you do it anyway. I've never saw such whining and commotion and, and nonsense from two adults in my life. If you're so certain, Mr. Raffsenberger, that your election was fairly run by your Secretary of State's office... You should have been the first one hauling the ballots out there and then saying, look for yourselves. And then you could have gleefully laughed at them when they realized they're wrong. But no, rather, 
You know, the Bible says abstain from even the appearance of evil. And what Kemp and what Raffsenberger did in Georgia, it's more than the appearance. I mean, it really looks evil. Those two may think they can redeem themselves in the next two years. Let me explain something in the state of Georgia. Here's what's going to happen. He's not going to get everybody back. Even if he got 80% of the Trump supporters back, Kemp and Raffsenberger are out of a job in 2022. Period. If just a few percent become the Constitution Party of Georgia, they're both out of a job. You want to know why? Stacey Abrams in 2018 came within 50,000 votes, 55,000, something like that, of being the governor of Georgia. And, And we still don't know how many people she imported from out of state or, you know, voters in a field or those that are deceased because nobody wants to look so I guess it'll make I guess it it would make really Kemp look bad because he was the former Secretary of State back then and now if Raffsenberger looks too close it makes him look bad they're more concerned about their inflated egos than they are about honesty and truth I mean I'm serious about that It's something in the political landscape that some of these people, regardless of their party, are more concerned about their power, prestige, and don't you dare challenge me attitude. We saw a lot of that in Georgia and the same in other states. So I am still not convinced that the election was fair and honest. Whether there was enough cheating to to change the results, we'll never know because nobody seems to want to investigate or take a close look and, you know, just tear apart the evidence. If there's evidence there called exculpatory, then look at it. Why the world was in such a rush to have President-elect Joe Biden. I think it's the hatred of the swamp toward having a disruptor like Trump. They would do anything in their power to get rid of him. And that includes some never-Trumpers and Republicans that didn't like him. They would put up with Biden because he's one of ours. He's one of our own. He's been around here. He understands how we do business here in D.C. And the minority party of the Republicans will will settle back into being the the minority party, as they always do. And they won't do anything that they promise when they get back back to power in 20, if they get back in 2022. They, They think they will. But you know, something had dawned on me as I was sharing some thoughts. In 1972, I registered to vote for the first time in Summit County, Ohio. And I actually registered as a Republican and I voted Republican in 1972. Now, I will admit, in 1976, I'm a young guy in my 20s. I did vote for Jimmy Carter because after the whole mess with with Nixon, a lot of people were a little unnerved. And we didn't have the kind of news media and stuff today and, and the detail. But then back in 1980, in every, every presidential election since, I have voted for the GOP. And outside of 
1980 and 84 election and maybe maybe 2016 i've been disappointed <laughs> with the leadership we got we're going to fix the abortion issue we're going to fix this issue we're going to do that and do th- they never do it you know i'm still waiting after 40 years we're going to fix the abortion issue 40 years ago 1980 here we are nothing's been done how many millions have died i think god has had enough you get the leadership you deserve and our nation has been treading on thin ice with an almighty God for a long time. It's arrogance toward God, turning its back on God. He's given us plenty of fair warning in his word. So enjoy the honeymoon period of the first 100 days of the Biden administration as he magically cures coronavirus because he's wise and he knows how to do it and he has the right experts to bring on board that can get the job done. (laughs) No, he doesn't. That is going to give you an honest assessment of the numbers and open business up. Hey, we've already learned from other countries that lockdowns do no good. All they do is destroy the economy. Excellent news story I read today said how many millions extra will die over the next decade because we have these lockdowns untreated health issues, psychological problems, loss of everything. They estimate mm, a million, million, more people are going to die because of the lockdowns over the next 10 years than ever would from the virus, especially if we ever had the honest, real numbers of those that really did die of this. When you figure, what is it, eight point something people out of a thousand die per year in the United States. Well, that's roughly where we're at right now for 2020. They can say this fractional increase, but then again, there are more older baby boomers coming along too that make up the population. You got to remember the population is aging for a while now because there are less children being born and more of us that were born between 1946 and 1966 are rolling through and it does make a difference as it has before. I'm going to pick up this discussion tomorrow. i got a couple of things I do want to share before the program closes today. We're going to run out of time. I said it's important to have this voice now. I started it before the election, and I wondered. I mean, I I, I would hope that maybe maybe, maybe Trump will win. How, How wonderful would that be? Maybe I won't even have to do this show that much. Maybe I can go back to once a week. I thought about that. But as we got into October, I knew, I just knew that it was not going to work out. And I I knew that even though we went to bed on that election night and Trump was ahead, I just had this pit in my stomach that something's going to happen. They're not going to let this one get by like they did four years before. And after what I saw in 2018, I was convinced. And with the pandemic, never let a good crisis go to waste. You had all these, everybody could, states mailing ballots to people that never voted before. People getting four and five ballots in their mailbox for people that don't live there. People showing up to vote being told they'd already voted. Yeah, don't tell me there was no fraud. We just don't know how much. Maybe we'll find out. 
But right now, we as Christians have got to rethink our plan going forward because too many put their hopes in princes and the sons of man and not in God. Or they put it in QAnon or some other stuff that never panned out. Or a bunch of fake prophets, and I shared a few of their voices back in December and early January. Oh, Trump is going to win. God has told me it's all going to change on the 12th or this or that. I wonder how many of them are going to still come back and pretend that, well, it was just our lack of prayer that his prophecy didn't come true. I'm waiting to hear that one. There's already a couple that I that have, they're trying to apologize and, and, and explain why they were wrong. Hey, you made a prediction. You stuck your head out. You said, thus saith the Lord. You're a phony prophet. Time for you to change your line of work. Time to expose the frauds out there that don't even understand their theology. The church is going to have to rethink because the true church is not going to be a respected church much longer. It's not anywhere. It really isn't now. But the time is coming. It's here. That's why we have the program Truth to Ponder. I want to keep it on short way because unlike Facebook and other things and even some of the places I'm doing it as a podcast, I can get the plug pulled tomorrow. There are a couple of places I suspect will, in the not-too-distant future, pull the plug. I'm trying to develop another platform, but if I don't get there fast enough, that takes a little effort on my part and time and, you know, not too much in terms of finances, but it does take an effort. Airtime is not cheap, but it's not that bad either. I'm very thankful for the stations that are carrying me. KVOH 9975. WRMI 5950 and 9395. If you want to support the ministry, you can do it by writing a check to Ancient Word Radio. Send it to 21 Berkshire Lane, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, in the beautiful city of Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. Until tomorrow, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.